I'm Tom Francis, and this is Next Up to the Mic. We go back into the archives here at Albany Poets Headquarters and feature the poets, writers, and spoken word artists that have performed at regional events such as ours, hosted by Albany Poets, including Poets Speak Loud, Brass Tacks, Nitty Gritty Slam, the Albany Word Fest, Albany Poets Presents, etc. And sometimes we have recordings from shows that we didn't host, but I happen to have my recorder for such as Cafe Lena open mic, readings that we've done down in Kingston and Woodstock. And then on this one, the lucky 13th episode of the podcast, Dan Wilcox was the featured poet at Arthur's Market open mic in the historic stockade section of Schenectady, New York on June 14th, 2017. Dan Wilcox is a member of the performance poetry group Three Guys from Albany. As a photographer, he claims to have the world's largest collection of photos of unknown poets. He's been a featured reader at all of the important venues in the Capital District and throughout the Hudson Valley, and is an active member of Veterans for Peace. Dan was a host of the Third Thursday Poetry Night, and he currently hosts the second Sunday at 2 open mic for poetry and prose Um, it was in a physical location at the art center of the capital region in Troy but now it's held at Zoom and will be coming up this coming Sunday Dan also publishes under the imprint APD which has many many meetings could be Albany's Poetic Device Another Pleasant Day it's up to you his own poems have been published in Post Traumatic Press 2007, Chronogram, Poetica, and most recently in the anthology American Society, What Poets See, and other small press journals and anthologies on the internet as broadsides and in self-published chapbooks. Chapbook, Boundless Abodes of Albany, published by Benevolent Bird Press of Del Mar, New York, is available for Kindle on Amazon. And of course, you can read his blog, which is not a review of local poetry, open mics, and events. It's just his observations at dwlcx.blogspot.com. Next up to the mic is sponsored by our good friends over at Collar City Mushrooms. Collar City Mushrooms is the place to go for locally farmed, all-natural mushrooms. They grow the mushrooms themselves, so you know they're going to be great. And their primary focus is growing fresh, gourmet, nutraceutical mushrooms. Now, that's a new word for a lot of us. It's kind of like pharmaceutical and nutritious all wrapped up into one. These are not the mushrooms you grew up with in your grandma's Papa Cash recipe or your beef stroganoff. You aren't going to find these at grocery stores. You need to get down to Collar City Mushrooms. They sell to walk-in customers, restaurants, food pantries, independent grocery stores. They sell to everyone. You're going to want to check them out. Their address is 333 2nd Avenue, right in Troy, New York. They are right across the street from Ted's Fish Fry. Collar City Mushrooms dot com for more information and see what they have you can order online you can do it all avery stemple and his team they're doing a great job down there and we can't thank them enough for sponsoring next up to the mic and being a a, a huge supporter of albany poets over the years collar city mushrooms.com without further ado please welcome next up to the mic dan wilcox Yeah, it's like uh, D. Wilcox, who left the vowel. <laughs> Hebrew, aren't you? Ah, uh, so. Well, thank you. 
for having me here. It's so nice to be among friends. Anything else, I suppose. Um, I'm just I'm gonna do a selection of things. I have a bunch of books on the uh, piano uh, for sale. Uh, you can stand here and read them, but if you want to take them home, you have to pay me. So I'm going to run through some uh, recent poems and a few older pieces, and uh, I'm going to start and end with, from a new series of poems that I'm writing uh, that are true stories of the Trump era. Um, a little more hopeful than Joe's today, <laughs> which I call What Makes America Great? And these are all real stories based on either something that's happened to me or someone I know, or occasionally I read about in the newspaper. Um, so I'm gonna start with one of those. This is What Makes America Great, number 87. One million people march in Washington, D.C. the day after the inauguration. Two sister marches in Alabama, 18 in Alaska, 10 in Arizona, 3 in Arkansas, 47 in California, 13 sister marches in Colorado, 5 in Connecticut, 1 in Delaware, 18 in Florida, 4 in Georgia, 1 in Guam, 7 in Hawaii, 8 in Idaho, 8 in Illinois, 7 in Indiana, 5 in Iowa, 2 in Kansas, 4 in Kentucky, three in Louisiana, eight in Maine, five in Maryland, seven in Massachusetts, 15 in Michigan, six in Minnesota, four in Mississippi, four in Missouri, two in Montana, Montana, three in Nebraska, three in Nevada, eight in New Hampshire, six in New Jersey, six in New Mexico, 23 in New York, 7,000 diverse folks in Albany, 400,000 in New York City, 13 sister marches in North Carolina, three in North Dakota, eight in Ohio, one in Oklahoma, 19 in Oregon, 12 in Pennsylvania, four in Puerto Rico, one in Rhode Island, four in South Carolina, four in South, South Dakota, seven in Tennessee, 18 in Texas, seven in Utah, two in Vermont, eight in Virginia, 21 in Washington, one in West Virginia, eight in Wisconsin, seven in Wyoming, January 21st, 2017, three times as many marchers in Washington the day after as people just the day before at Trump's inauguration. That's what makes America great, folks. Yay. Yay. Um, I'm going to read this one in honor of my friend uh, Joe Krausman, who I gave a ride here tonight. Uh, I met Joe many, many years ago at a Writers Institute meeting, and then he used to live in my neighborhood, and we both worked downtown, and we both walked downtown, and sometimes I would run into him in the morning on the way to work. So this is a poem called, simply, Joe Krausman. Joe Krausman stood on the street corner this morning, reading the New York Times. So, what's going on, he asked. You're the one reading the paper, I said. He fantasized a chain of bagel shops in Beijing when the riot stopped. I said, I didn't mind staying here in a future third-rate country. I have no ambitions, I said. I just want to live my life until they turn out the lights. Joe said, it sounded like a poem. 
I said, it is. You will catch that there's a reference to the Tiananmen Square riot, so you can realize how long ago that, that poem was written. Um, and the next poem I'm going to read has a reference to Tiananmen Square and to um, debates that were going on here in this country around the same time, the late 80s, early 90s, about flag burning and the Supreme Court decision on that and all that. Um, this is about fellow, the name has been changed slightly, it's about a fellow whose name you can find on the wall down in uh, D.C. And there's a guy that, that I knew in, uh, when I was being trained at Fort Knox, John Lees. I talked to John Lees the other day in the garden of the Vietnam Memorial. He remembered me and my new son. I remembered his farm his high school sweetheart's daily letters. It's been a long time, John, since we staggered back to the barracks, counting the long days. He laughed and said, we didn't know then how long it really would be. We created stories, who went, who didn't, who came back, who didn't, who came back with so much baggage, they would have been better off not coming. I wondered if it was worth it, and John got mad. It's never whether it's worth it, he said. It's what we did, and it's what, what's now. He said his sweetheart is married, has three kids. His mother's gone to cancer, his father to farmer's lawn. His farm, part of a company his brother works for. He says, he said, what makes him mad is to think we did it so there could be more homeless on our streets. So there could be less clean air and clean water, even in his precious island. So there could be more rich politicians standing trial. So there could be less spent on bread and more on bombs. He said, now there was less caring, more grabbing for power. I didn't know what to say. So I asked him about the flag in the Supreme Court if he'd heard about that. He seemed to ignore me and said, if we fought for anything, it was to make it better for those who have had it stacked against them. That's why so many blacks died there, for their brothers and sisters' job, for all people, to control their own bodies, their future, in their own ways. Perhaps we even fought, he said, for those nine black robes to chip away at all that. Freedom, he said. What's that? Freedom to invade, to destroy, freedom to enslave, freedom to give up freedom? He laughed. His anger turned back on him, twisting inside out. I even know about China, he said. In China, they fought for the freedoms your president wants to take away. He stepped back towards the edge of the park, towards where the shadows had disappeared and where the shadows grew again, past the flowers and the lunches, past the sons and daughters of veterans, past the veterans themselves and the great crowd of the sons and daughters who would never be. Your flag, he said, your fucking flag. I didn't die for your fucking flag. I died for your freedom to burn it.
True story, a guy stuck in the bunk above me. Didn't make it back. Well, on to a little bit um, cheerier things. Uh, I found out about this contest. I think the deadline is July 3rd for the New York um, State Fair. They're having a poetry contest. You know, they have a contest with the biggest heifer and the, and the, the biggest melons and the, you know, the sweetest pie, you know, all that kind of stuff. So actually, they have a poetry contest this year. Uh, I didn't realize when I got interested in it that you only send in one poem. It costs you ten dollars to send in the poem. I did it. I did it anyway. And the and the main prize is, I mean, Bob Sharkey gives much more money than they do. Uh, I mean, the main prize is uh, one hundred twenty-five dollars. <laughs> Better off sending poems to, to Bob Sharkey. But I wrote this poem anyway. And uh, if you listen carefully, I've incorporated all the various New York State symbols in there. You know, we have a we have a New York State bird, um, the blue bird. We got we got things like New York State brook trout. I don't know. It goes on. So just, if you pay attention, you'll you'll hear that. And there's even a, an allusion to the New York State fossil in the uh, title. The title is At the Solarian Cafe, Summer's Best in Show. We had dinner in that state of mind where the sun rises over Albany. The patio rimmed by sugar maples was lit by garnet party lights, the garden fragrant with lilac and roses, bluebirds in the branches, Ladybugs walking on the leaves, finding their own dinner. In the stream, a pile of sticks, a beaver's starter home, a snapping turtle in the mud. Over apple cider martinis, we perused the menu. Fresh caught stuffed brook trout, local greens, angler's fish stew with striped bass, bay scallops and butter, garlic, and white wine. For dessert, fresh apples, muffins, and cinnamon-laced milk as the sun sets in Buffalo. So, uh, on Inauguration Day, I sat in my, on my couch in my living room in my pajamas with unending coffee and snacks from 10 o'clock in the morning till 4.30 in the afternoon. I had CNN on my big TV and on my little uh, laptop, I was watching Democracy Now. And I had this cheap notebook I got from a dollar store and a free pen that was from one of the hotels I stayed at recently. So I wrote and I wrote just whatever I saw and things that struck me. And I filled up about a quarter of the notebook with uh, with the scribbles, and then I went and I typed it up, and then I realized, gee, this might make a nice, cute little chapbook, and it does. It makes a really nice chapbook. It's only three dollars. I got a bunch of them over here. So just three bucks. You can, you can hear the whole poem, but I'm not going to read the whole poem. I'm just going to read a few selections from the middle to give you an idea of what I was doing. I sort of got the idea from reading the poet um, uh, David Melch. And it's also sort of inspired by Ed Sanders' investigative poetry, where 
he wrote like a whole history of the United States uh, in modern poetry. So it, that's sort of what it does. You might recognize some of these images if you saw any of the uh, any of the inauguration. So this is down in the middle. Justice Clarence Thomas swears in tents to support and defend the Constitution of the United States. The same oath I took December 1969 and drafted into the U.S. Army. Mormon Tabernacle Choir sings America. Some say should be the U.S. anthem. While democracy now split screens the protesters in the park. Trump, Putin, the romance continues. Chelsea Manning for president. Healthcare is a human right. Education, not deportation. Uh, on to prayers. Yet again, Franklin Graham, with no Albany this past year, saw my sign. Veterans say no to hipsters. Jackie Ivanko sings the Star Spangled Banner to the clanging of cans, breathlessly. Looks like a lost Trump child. In the crowd, a young boy acts out like a young boy always does, annoying his sister and his mom. Pure popularism, America first. No lofty rhetoric here, short sentences, two point. America first, what Trump supporters wanted to hear, dark and pessimistic, against the facts. Looking back to Ronald Reagan, appeals to white people who are hurting. America first. Black cars and lines of guards and black marine action figures on the steps. Obama's approval rating now higher than Trump's. Helicopter rises from the Capitol. Three consecutive two-term presidents, the way the founding fathers meant it to be, the way the Constitution says it should be. The creative tension during lunch with members of Congress. Biden takes Amtrak home. Three official balls for Trump tonight. New take on patriotism, unrecognizable to the world. No attack on the press. Police chasing down protesters, not on CNN. For more peace and the presidency. Cheers for Barack and Michelle. Yes, we can at Andrew's airbase. He said change would come from the bottom up. On this, the protesters agreed. Sonia Sanchez from last night's Peace Ball on Democracy Now! Read sketch of home peace. Shall I prepare a dinner for peace? In the hearts and penises of the workers, can you rise up to the sound of peace? Military and dress uniforms mass on the avenue, on the streets, police in riot gear. The new president has lunch and listens to speeches. Statues of dead presidents stand guard. Trump, now a future dead president of America. Angela Davis recalls Nixon, the protests, his resignation, activism at every level, an era of struggle and resistance. On the list of words not previously used in an inauguration address, blood, carnage, stealing, sad. Alicia Garza has other words, resistance, caring, love. Alan Nairn, all morning on TV, a quieter version of Wolf Blitzer, deeper, more intelligent. 
Trump invites the Clintons to stand for applause. So let's get this snippet. Three bucks. Do a couple more for you. Um, I also have this this little book called Roster Notes uh, from Foothills Publishing. Michael Garnecki, the publisher there, well, he didn't lose a manuscript of mine and burn up in his house when he had a house fire a number of years ago. So he felt bad about it. So he invited me to send him some more poems, and I said, "How about some beach poems?" And he liked the idea. And then. When I put them together, I found they were all over the place. And I, I focused them down to poems just about Gloucester over on Cape Ann in Massachusetts, which is my go-to place to just chill out and escape and you know, put my feet in the water. So there's not a political poem in here. I didn't realize it until after the book was published. But I, I'm very happy with this book. So there are copies of this book. So this is a, a poem from towards the end of the book. It was written on my birthday in uh, 2008. It's called Shaken Stirred. In an off-season room in this quiet winter inn, the cultured old man lingers over his martini, smiles. The cultured old man lingers over his martini, smiles at this empty restaurant. His, his companions fill the empty seat across from him, a parade across generations. Anna Clark, the grandmother who taught him how to drink and behave in public. His mother, who would not bear the expense of this salad, this catch of the day, yet be proud of him for earning it. The mothers of his children, babs in the hallway of the Clinton Street slum, don't you know I love you? Mary wondering when he would step across the room to greet her and spend 20 years here. The others on through the years. The first Mary Margaret, Sherry, and Lisa, and Sarah, and more. The gathering together and the separation and the children growing into their own lives. Repeating as in the seasons or how the winter surf outside embraces the beach and pulls back to quiet. Michelle and Dina and other Marys and more, they have gathered in this empty restaurant, filled now like a wake or a wedding, breaking bread, <coughs> tasting the wine, this fish like a litany, one name, one face at a time. You are all here in all the ways you are, like the stars and the moon, not yet on the sea. In the past, we loved you, in the future of our memories, in this restaurant where we gather beyond all these moments to become this moment that is what is here. America great. Again, a true story of the Trump era. Uh, this was um, told to me by fellow Peace Vigilers down in Chatham. Uh, I, I drive down to Chatham most Saturdays and uh, attend a Peace Vigil down there, and I miss one Saturday. And a couple, one of the couples that, that 
or radios that told me this story. So this is for them, this is for Bill and Bernadette. This is What Makes America Great, number 20. It is raining on the town park for the weekly peace vigil. A gray-haired couple huddled under one umbrella with signs for peace and justice in the Trump era. A pickup truck pulls up and stops. The window rolls down. What is the driver going to say? Here, you will need this, the driver says, and hands them an umbrella and drives off. True story, folks. What makes America great? That was the great Dan Wilcox. You can follow him on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at DWLCX. And of course, check out his website, dwlcx.blogspot.com, and be on the lookout for the upcoming schedule of the Poets in the Park series that's going to be happening in July, as it always does. So you're going to want to check out albanypoets.com as we will have more information when it's released from Dan. Thank you for listening to Next Up to the Mic. We couldn't do it without the very generous supporters of local poetry and spoken word. And if you would like to support this and other Albany Poets projects, please go to albanypoets.com slash donate. And if you're a business and want to sponsor this podcast, like our friends at Collar City Mushrooms. Send us an email at albanypoets at gmail.com. And of course, to find out more about the great poetry and spoken word that we have going on right here in upstate New York, go to albanypoets.com. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at albanypoets.com.